T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We've been waiting all year to get a sense that maybe the Sox are finally getting hot and capable of staying hot. A Sunday win would complete a sweep, put them five games over 500 for the first time all year. And leading a bad team in the eighth, and then again leading them by five runs in the tenth, you figured, hey, it's all working out. Would you believe they still had to cling to the side of the cliff to win that Sunday game? Shouldn't have been that close. Shouldn't have taken nearly five hours, but... Just in time for the showdown with the sizzling Minnesota Twins. The Sox have banked a five-game win streak. They are five games over 500. The winning weekend is reviewed right now. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox podcast. Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Lewis. So Baltimore calls itself Charm City, which the Red Sox have basically turned into Paradise City, where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. They won eight out of nine there last year, five in a row now this year. But man, it shouldn't have taken four hours, 44 minutes on a getaway day. Jeez. Josh Lewin with you, and we're going to unpack the weekend for you. A balmy, humid Baltimore weekend as Boston played a rebuilding, retooling embarrassment of a ball club. I mean, you, you should win three out of three against the Orioles. And think about this now going forward. If you sweep the bad teams and split or take two out of three against the 500-ish teams, and you win one out of three against the good teams, which is what the Sox have been doing, you know, you, you probably will get in the playoffs doing that. That's a recipe for 620 or 630 baseball the rest of the way. That would mean 93-ish wins and very likely a spot in that wild card game. Now, unless you find a way to compete against the Yankees, Rays, Astros, and Twins, you do set yourself up for a quick October exit. But if the goal is simply to win 90 to 95 games and make it to October, actually, they are right back on track. So, Uh, The weekend certainly provided a chance for some target practice before skipping off to target field. The Orioles are Trey Mancini and a bunch of AAA guys. I mean, they're they're on pace to allow 320 home runs. The major league record isn't even 260. Overall, 137 home runs have now been hit at Camden Yards in 37 games. And thankfully, Sunday, the Red Sox hit a couple late. They won the game 8-6 to six in 10. J.D. Martinez did not contribute Sunday, but he had had four homers in his last four games heading in. The home run hitters for the Sox on Sunday included Marco Hernandez. Yeah, we're going to hear from him in a bit. He had a biggie in the top of the ninth with the team down a run. Then a 458-foot cannon shot from Devers, who right now is playing at, I'm not even kidding, in MVP level. We'll get back to Rafi in a bit, but let's back all the way up to Friday because after hitting five home runs Thursday back at Fenway, the Sox busted out with six more dongs in the series opener. They had five in a stretch of five outs in the middle of the game. Thank you, Dan Straley. Uh, Boston, by the way, has hit five. Let's see here. Um, 
yeah, it, it had been five home runs in three straight games one time in Major League history. So they were going to make a run at that on Saturday. Didn't quite get there, but Friday was a cakewalk. It was 13-2. Saturday, more singles and doubles than homers. Brock Holt was a catalyst, and he's 11 of 17 career against Dylan Bundy. So no big surprise that he was a guy that came through. He had an RBI hit in the sixth after Xander Bogarts had tripled in Devers. Devers two for five in that one. Races average up to 304, his OPS to 855, and shining in the field, too. He's not just making the plays he should make now, but a bunch that you can't believe he is making. He evoked memories of his idol, fellow Dominican Adrian Beltre, with a running catch on a Chris Davis pop-up over the weekend. He, he covered 111 feet going way back in the left field before he made the over-the-shoulder catch. He, he just looks like the most confident player on the field these days. And Saturday was, believe it or not, scoreless through five innings. But with Chris Sale on the mound in Baltimore, you figured that two-run six would be plenty. A sale in Baltimore is 7-1 and one lifetime, 197 ERA, 95 strikeouts in 63 innings, which is just stupid. Overall now, Sale's got a run, if you go back to May 3rd, where it's 98 strikeouts in 60 innings, an ERA of basically two. And he's never thrown a pitch harder than 98 in that time. Most of his fastball is more like 93-94. So the Sox with a pretty easy win on Saturday, 7-2, meaning they'd outscored Baltimore 20-4 in the first two games in Baltimore. So that set up the Father's Day series finale. Brian Johnson back to the mound for the first time in a long time, matched up against fellow lefty John Means, who in three starts this year against the Sox has actually been really good every time. This was a nutso ballgame. It was a a nice, chill 2-1 Red Sox lead into the eighth. Johnson had made it through only three innings. He gave up five hits and a run. A total of eight Sox pitchers ended up working in this game, two of which were ineffective. Travis Lakins in the eighth, Josh Smith in the tenth, almost gave it all back. Boston throwing 236 pitches in 10 innings, which is basically uh, 76 pitches too many. So... uh, Baltimore had taken the lead in the eighth inning. Uh, Marcus Walden wild pitch. That was not helpful. Uh, Hanser Alberto single to center. Actually made it 3-2 to two, Baltimore. Then Marco Hernandez with his first home run in 1,112 days at the big league level. 395-footer to center. Ties it up. Red Sox actually threatened to take the lead in the ninth. Mookie tripled right after that, but he was stranded. And on we went to the 10th inning. Uh, Rafael Devers, we mentioned, a long home run to center. Betts would reach on an infield single to short. Uh, Bogarts ends up scoring, and Chavis ends up scoring. Uh, and you had Brock Holt in the mix. Uh, Vasquez singled him in. So it goes to 8-3 to three to the bottom of the 10th inning. Stevie Wilkerson, a home run. Two-run shot to cut it to 8-5. to five. Trey Mancini, a home run, make it 8-6. to six. And you're thinking, guys, come on. I mean, I know the bullpen is not in a great spot right now, but this is just silly if you give this back. They didn't. Brandon Workman ends up with the win. And we end up talking to a couple people after the game. We're going to get you to Alex Cora in a moment. But first, let's hear from Marco Hernandez, who joined the guys after the game in the booth. Okay, thank you, Will. Marco, congratulations. That uh, had to be the biggest hit of your career, huh? Uh, uh, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, one of those. At bat that you go out there and try to have fun and, and try to go piece, try to find a good piece that he and see see something happen. Marco, they say that when you try and hit home runs, it rarely rarely happens. Uh, take us back to that at bat of the ninth inning. Were you trying 
He just put a good swing on the ball and he just shot out of here. Or were you looking at home? Right? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I, I try to go there and, and looking for something about the zone and try to put a good swing on and, and, and see what's going on. Something happened sometime and sometime now. He threw you three straight change-ups. Were you expecting that? Uh, first pitch, yes. I mean, because I, I was swinging the first pitch the whole game, and I try to settle down on that about, but I see, I see, I see the change up on the song, and I swing the miss, and uh, I'm ready for for more changes, you know. Hey, Marco, how difficult is it in a game like this to maintain your concentration late in a game? You played four and a half hours, a hot day out there. Your mind can have a tendency to wonder how tough is it to concentrate. I mean. The team wants a win, so we, we can lose the concentrate, especially late inning. The most important inning at uh, 7, 8, and 9. And we never lose a concentrate. We we battle, they tie the game, and we get the win. And you got both of your home runs of the big leagues right here, a little more than three years apart. How about that? Oh, I mean, it's, it feels pretty special for me. I mean, hit another home run here, I mean against the same guy so he, he's he's one of the best relievers in the major league and able to connect the ball against him and it's pretty huge for me it's got to feel great to get back to marco with all the uh, shoulder problems you've had and, and the lost couple of years you've had trying to get back to the big leagues it feel pretty sweet right now yeah it's, it's it's been a long road for me i mean and it's been a bless for me thanks god for giving me the opportunity to play based when thanks the rexos organization for the the patience do they have with me and through, through all those things. Yes, indeed. And how about your friend, uh, the guy we love to watch so much, Rafi Devers? Wow, well, that was a shot, huh? Oh, man, I, I know Devers since I got here in 2015. He's, he's a special kid. He's a great ball player also every single day. And, you know, everybody knows what he can do on, 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 the, on the field. I mean, he can hit, hit he, can, he can play different, he can run. I mean, he, he's a really good ball player. Well, Marco, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, you joining us. And uh, without you, uh, the Red Sox would not have had a win. Thank you, guys. Okay, Marco Hernandez. So cool to have Marco Hernandez back. He's worked so hard to come back, and he was part of it big time. 14 hits total for Boston Sunday, three from Mookie, two apiece from Vasquez, Endeavors, and Bogarts, and Chavis. And by the way, how about Vasquez hitting second in this batting order twice in the last four games? and now being at a 290 average for the year. That leads me to my list of likes. I've got Boston catchers high on the list here because last year, the entire season, it was 10 home runs, 43 runs batted in from the catching position. Already this year, it's 11 home runs and 41 runs batted in. So they're going to eclipse all of that pretty soon. Uh, Xander Bogarts makes my nice list here because game after game in a season that's been very frustrating – This has been the most consistent guy. He signed the six-year, $120 million contract right on that first road trip of the season, so he's got a cemented future here, and he's certainly not just walking it down now. He's he's turned into a patient hitter, very good defensively. He's walking a lot. He's driving in runs. Love me some Xander Bogarts. J.D. Martinez, in the six games since coming back from the latest back spasms, he's 9 for 33, couple doubles, four homers, four walks. Yes, he did take an over on Sunday, but he rakes in Baltimore usually. It's one home run every eight at-bats their career. That's the best of anybody ever at Camden Yards. And if you want to look to the start of the 2018 season, most RBIs in the majors, Martinez tied with Nolan Arenado right at the top, 168 apiece. Yelich next at 167. And quietly top 10 on that list is Xander. He's tied for ninth with everybody's favorite, Alex Bregman. So there. 
Uh, Chavis, let's talk Chavis here. He had an Adrian Beltre-style down-on-one-knee homer against the Rangers back at Fenway last week that seemingly has pointed him back in the right direction here. He's still been playing good defense, and, and that's a nice surprise. Alex Cora said it's kind of like Pedroia early in his career back in 07. Remember, he was hitting 150-160 in April, but would always get out there and play good defense. I think Chavis has returned to corner here. And, and one more thought on Devers. He is now one of 15 players in Major League history with 40 home runs and 15 steals while still being 22 years old. There's a lot of current guys that make that list. Bellinger, Trout, Bryce Harper, Carlos Correa, Acuna. But before that, it was only guys like A-Rod and Reggie Jackson and Frank Robinson. So it's a hell of a list to be a part of. Uh, I got some dislikes here for you, too, because why not? Let's balance it out. But let's hear from Alex Cora first after the game on Sunday. Feels good. Um, I mean, it took us a while, but like it, we've been all along. We are where we are. We know where we're in the standings. And you know, to get there, um, that was good. Um, total team effort. Uh, we were short, uh, not only position player-wise, but open too. We were trying to actually stay away from Barnes and work. But um, you know, at that point, you know, we, I felt like, you know what, let's give the offense a chance to to score runs, so we brought work early, and then Smitty got the the last outs. After all, Marco's been through. How fun was that to see? Oh, huh? after all, Marco has been through. To- oh, amazing! Uh, stay on that changeup, hit it the other way. Um, he's been pull happy the last few games and and swinging at bad pitches, and uh, he stays on that changeup and drives it the other way. Uh, that was that was good. Happy for him. Uh, happy that he was able to contribute. And how about with Devers? Um, I, I mean that's probably the hardest wall to have. Have ever seen since like 2004, when Barry was hitting home runs against the Dodgers all the time. I mean, that was loud, and I, I guess it reminds people the one he hit of Chapman. I guess, but rehab assignments, all that, and uh, like the great Maury Wills used to say, you know, uh, there's a 70% that is a competition, and the rest is the fans and the stadium and the competition. You know, that 30%, <clears throat> you don't get that down there. And from pitch one, you have to execute. Uh, he did a good job, and we feel like you know his next one, he's, he's going to be okay. You know, uh, we're looking for that that can give us five in that spot. You know, uh, today was one of those games that you know um, we had to go to the bullpen early, and we grinded out. You know, we got the W, but uh, I think he'll, he'll be fine for the next. Alex, you guys obviously have some big goals this year, but just what is the importance of setting those little goals and, and maybe get some morale going? It, it's very important. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> It seems like we're searching for for a lot of stuff, and uh, kind of like you know, that that win against Texas, the second one, um, to come here and, and stay playing good baseball and and swing the bats the the way we did, and, and just overall, uh, there's there's a good vibe, you know. Um, we're in the middle of the season, and, and we we didn't come out of the blocks where the way we wanted, but uh, it's still a long race, and. Uh, we're still in the hunt. You, know, you start looking now, and uh, you know, obviously I always say I don't look, I don't see, but in Fenway, in front of the dugout, there's a standings, and you see it. So we, we have a pretty good idea where, where we are and what we're doing as a team, and we know we have to get better, but it's a good feeling. What's the next one? Well, I'll talk to them first. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> I appreciate the skipper, as he appreciates, I'm sure, the Red Sox finally being five games over 500. that has been a goal. They're there. They can take off from here. Uh, I mentioned that I got some dislikes that I, I don't mind sharing with you here, and they're pretty obvious. I mean, the, the difference between how they play against good and bad opponents, 
The Red Sox bats just haven't showed up against the good teams. Their run differential against the current playoff-bound teams is a minus 32. They're a plus 81 against everybody else. Still don't like the bullpen leakage. Uh, there's still not a lot that you can really bank on. Brazier's coming back from the bereavement list. He'll join the team in Minnesota. Uh, you've got a, a very, very short amount of time now, basically about a week, week and a half before Stephen Wright is back. Uh, and you're hoping that Velazquez can come back, and obviously Evaldi's going to get back in the rotation soon. That'll kick somebody down the line. But, you know, you, you look at Jalen Beeks, who's pitching very well for Tampa Bay, two and a half ERA. Ty Buttry has a 1.8 for the Angels. That was a guy traded for Ian Kinsler. Those two lefties, and formerly labeled marginal prospects, they look pretty good in the Red Sox bullpen right now. One other for you. Uh, the slow starts. Boston's leadoff hitters have a 0.71 first inning batting average, by far the worst in the majors. That is not setting the table. We would like to see somebody lead off with a double or a triple just one time. And another dislike, because nothing happens in a vacuum, don't like that the Yankees just brought in the leading American League home run hitter. That is bringing sand to the beach when you do that. They brought Edwin Encarnacion in from Seattle, and as you may know, that's a guy who has killed the Red Sox for years, and he's now going to be in pinstripes. So, up next, uh, okay, you, you, you beat the cupcake on your schedule, right? You were the Ohio State University. You just played your conference opener against Ball State. But now you go to the big house to play the Michigan Wolverines, so to speak. A couple states to the left, the Sox are going to the land of 10,000 lakes. They're going to Minnesota, which uh, that land of 10,000 lakes thing is a misnomer. If you guys don't know this one, Minnesotans have long been known for underappreciating things. That There are actually 12,092 lakes in that state, and they round down. They call it the land of 10,000 lakes. In, in California, we'd be claiming like 80,000 lakes. I've always had a soft spot for Minneapolis. I like that town a lot. I like the Twins front office. I like how they do their business. I always go back, though, to, to the curmudgeonly Woody Page from the Denver paper. Uh, he once wrote that the, the occupants of Minneapolis think St. Paul is a woebegone, stick-in-the-mud, artless, countrified, backwater town of homely women and foggy-bottom men. And the residents of St. Paul think Minneapolis is a transparent, overgrown, pompous, self-centered, pretentious collection of glass and steel skyway labyrinths inhabited by gopher gnomes and plastic hussies. And they're both right, is what Woody Page says. I, I like me some St. Paul, too. It's very down-home, down-to-earth. And Minneapolis, yeah, for the Midwest, it's, uh, it's got some, some places you can go and have a good time. It's like a diet Chicago. But as for the teams... Uh, that, that have been there lately. The last eight years into this one, worst overall record in baseball. And this after the previous eight years, it had seen five division titles and a winning percentage of 550. But the next eight years, that winning percentage was a sad 440. The, the sad irony of sorts, their marketing slogan last year was the grammatically awkward, this is how we baseball. And how they baseballed was finishing 12 games out of first with 84 losses and they fired their manager. But we knew that things might get more interesting this year, and they really have. I mean, even in spring training, we, we looked around and said, boy, you know, they, they brought in C.J. Crone and, and Nelson Cruz, Marwin Gonzalez, Jonathan Scope, and those four new players only added $36 million to their payroll, and, and that's 104 home runs they brought in. And they are now on pace to double their amount of home runs from a year ago. That would set a major league record. No more Joe Maurer to worry about. He's retired, and his number seven jersey has been as well. Well-deserved honor for a native son of Minnesota. 
But they've essentially replaced Maurer with power. I mean, it's all those guys we just talked about, and they already had Buxton and Sano and Polanco and Rosario. It's a fun team to watch. It really is. And Rocco Baldelli's in charge of it now, and more of a focus on analytics than they've ever had in that chair, and certainly more songs by Fish on the playlist in the clubhouse than they've ever had. Because I don't believe Tom Kelly was a fish head. I'd, I'd have to look that up. Paul Molitor, maybe. Molitor was the guy Baldelli replaced. And uh, Molitor, at one time during his retirement summer, followed Springsteen around on tour, something like 30 concerts, which is either impressive or freaking nuts. But as we look ahead to this uh, kind of show-me series here for the Red Sox, Minnesota is absolutely out of the wilderness here. They've got eight players already with double-digit home run totals, two others with eight or nine. Their team slugging percentage is 514. And I'll close with this. I mean, they're, they're, they're all-time greatest player, the Hall of Famer, greatest ever Minnesota twin, Harmon Killebrew. You know what his career slugging percentage was? 509. Their entire team this year has a higher slugging percentage than Harmon Killebrew, which, again, not to be a curmudgeon here, but isn't that a little too much? It's like, I like donuts as much as the next guy, but this whole year, it's like Skittles and a Snickers bar and cotton candy on top of a donut. It's so much offense. Uh, I, I flicked around on TV Sunday afternoon, and I know this was Coors Field, but the Padres-Rockies game was 9-8 to eight in the top of the third. There were two other teams that scored 15 runs just on Sunday. There was a 10, there was an 11, there was a 12. Red Sox had eight, which thankfully was enough. Again, just to close the podcast here, they, they went on Sunday 8-6 to six in 10 in a game that, that just took way too long, kind of like this podcast. So I'll sign off now. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it very much. And uh, we'll talk to you after whatever happens in the opener at Minnesota. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.